Hi there, I'm your host, Lisa Shield. Welcome to Dating Without Drama, where I give you my unique take on everything related to men, love, dating, and romantic relationships. Let's get started. Good morning, everybody. I'm Lisa Shield, and this is my amazing husband, Benjamin Shield, and this is Getting Inside the Right Male Mind. So I masterminded this uh, (laughs) these Sunday talks with my husband, Benjamin, because I feel that there are so few examples of heartfelt masculine men in the world. I often tell my clients that I feel like I'm looking for some kind of crack in the facade. (laughs) For 19 years, I've been looking for some brazen flash of ego or some inconsistency, and I've yet to find it. He is just always thinking of other people. He lives in gratitude He is the kindest person I have ever known, and um, it's just been an honor. We'll be celebrating our 19th anniversary in just uh, a short way, two weeks, right, baby? Okay. The end of August and the first part of September is really a big time. We celebrate both of our birthdays and our anniversaries. So our topic today is the power of polarity in romantic relationships. And this is really, this was brought up in our course, in our Emotionally Naked Dating course. It is a 12-week program for women who just wake up one day and decide that they want to get this solved. They want to find true love. They know that there is something extraordinary missing in their lives, and they are done YouTubing and um, reading dating books and trying to solve this mystery on their own help of a professional who can take them by the hand and lead them to the promised land. (laughs) So that's what I do. And my husband, Benjamin, uh, during the pandemic, he started to work with alongside me. He is a healer. I know he doesn't like that word. No, he's shaking his head. But um, is a uh, a gifted manual fixed, you know, one of the best in the world. We've moved to Santa Fe. People are flying in from all over the country, right, to work with him. So it's really been incredible to see. Anyway, one of the women in our course asked us to talk about polarity in romantic relationships. And we decided to just use that as our topic. So anybody who wants to know more about my course you want to go to lisashield.com and you will find the link to how to watch my 45-minute presentation. And then you can uh, jump on a call with me, member of my team, if you're interested in just finding a solution to what for many of you has been a lifelong struggle in the area of love and relationships. And we can show you how to just get this solved. All right, babe, let's talk about polarity. So um, I'm going to start here with a definition or do you want to, should I read the definition of polarity? Well, polarity is the idea that there are opposites and that opposites attract, like Mm -hmm. a magnet. A positive would attract to a negative. And if they're both the same polarity, they would repel. (laughs) What is that polarity in a romantic relationship? What are those two forces? Well, the feminine and the masculine. Yeah. And where it's easy to think about the feminine and the masculine, and these are feminine qualities or masculine qualities, and it's important to maintain that polarity. It's also important to remember the commonalities between the two. So it's not just men are this way, women are this way. Commonality attracts as well. Well, I think the commonalities, babe, make the friendship. Mm -hmm. The commonalities, the ways in which a couple or two people are similar, their values and all, that is what creates the friendship. Mm -hmm. But what creates the fire are those two opposing forces when 
a man is confident enough, he's confident and secure masculine, and she feels confident and secure in her feminine, it's it's almost like, you know, the stars colliding or something, and you get sparks, right? You just get sparks when those two forces come together. Right. We just have to see the romantic comedies of the 1940s and, and you know, the Cary Grants and Lauren, know, the Bacalls. Lauren Bacalls and yeah, the <laughs> Humphrey Bogart. Uh-huh. Yeah of the magnetism between the sexes uh, or it could be within the same sex, um, Mm -hmm. you know, depending on the relationship. Yeah. Uh, But when you have those two opposing forces and the greater the polarity, the more intense the attraction, right? Like the more a man is able to show up in his masculine and the woman is able to be in her feminine. As I'm talking about this, something that I'm realizing is that a lot of what goes awry, we're, you know, we're all longing for this kind of connection, right? Because it's so beautiful. There's an aliveness, there's something, a power, you know, a magic to that connection when it happens. But so often, I think that men are not being men and women are not being women. And then, you know, it, in a romantic context, if that's not there, if a man is trying to get a woman to open up or be feminine, or a woman is trying to pull a man along, right. it's just, it, it's excruciating. Right. It's, it's awful. It brings us to the, the polarity within the sexes themselves. Like for a man on one side of the, the spectrum is the nice guy. You know, mm-hmm. the overly nice guy. He has no boundaries. He feels like he doesn't have a backbone. Mm-hmm. And on the other end of that spectrum is the male toxicity, the toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's finding that ground in between where one can still be kind and still be masculine. Mm-hmm. A man who feels he needs to be a nice guy feels that he has the rules that he needs to be the nice guy or the toxic masculinity. The toxic man feels he has to act that way. And the truth is they're both trying to prove something. Exactly. And they're both trying to impress. Right. <laughs> but they're doing it by having a presentation. And presentations are like filters that separate a person from another person. And just like a woman may have a polarity, you know, in the feminine, where on one end it's, you know, I spent my life in, in Los Angeles. So um, seeing people come into my practice that have been, um, I'll just use the term Malibu Barbies, where, and I say that because they're, they're chasing uh, presentation. They're chasing the latest style of shoes and the latest bag, hoping that that will attract a man or they will be attractive. And on the other end of that is the corporate woman who has had to show her masculinity in a masculine world, in a masculine corporation. So both are presentations, both interfere with being with another person. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. One of the most stunning examples of all of this was in Mad Men. And I don't know if you saw those episodes, but where Don Draper was having an affair, an affair, a, a relationship, I think he was already divorced, with a woman psychologist who they had brought into the ad firm, advertising firm, to look at the psychology behind the ads. And she was that corporate woman, you know, that new emerging archetype, right, from the late 60s, early 70s. And she was smart, she was worldly, whatever, she was educated and corporate, very masculine. And they had this connection and this kind of sexy relationship but something wasn't you know for a don draper she was too much like him mm-hmm. for him for his masculinity to really flourish right and one day in one of the episodes 
his his ex-wife couldn't take the kids and he had to go for business to California. And then he just at the last moment asked his very feminine French Canadian secretary if she could join him to take care of the kids because he couldn't watch the kids while he was working. And he came back from a business meeting and he saw her just being this Madonna type, this mother playing with the kids and so feminine and nurturing and right. And in that moment, he fell in love with her and that other woman (laughs) was toast. And he wound up very shortly after that proposing to his secretary And the other woman was so angry. (laughs) She was so upset, but she was no match for that because this other woman just was the pure embodiment of the feminine. Yeah. 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 And conversely, if a man is too nurturing, Mm -hmm. too soft, it doesn't allow for the feminine in in the woman there competing for the same job. Yeah. So I am a really strong woman, right? You know that. I I mean, I couldn't hide it if I wanted to, right? Like I couldn't. And so I think a lot of people here want to know how can, you know, I, excuse me for using myself as an example, but you know, Lisa is so strong. She's so capable. I mean, she speaks three languages fluently. She's traveled around the world. She's owned two businesses. You know, what is it? Like, what is she doing, Benjamin, for you? How do you, are you able to have this sexy, passionate, you know, relationship where she mirrors your, your masculinity back to you and you are inclined to want to do all of those things for her that most women dream of? Because you know she can do it all herself. <laughs> well, first, I respect the strength. And I, I respect the qualities that you have that are that are strong. So I deeply, deeply, deeply respect that. But in turn, you mirror back my masculine by complimenting me, touching my arm and saying, wow, <laughs> you've been working out. Uh, you allow me, you allow my masculinity. I open the car door for you. I, I take care of you. You allow that, and it makes me feel like a million bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Does it really? It does. Yeah. <laughs> Can and we so, talk about that, honey? Like, talk about how me receiving those gestures and making space, you know, welcoming them and being willing to create space for you to do those things. How does it feel when a woman rebuffs, when you make a romantic gesture or just a masculine gesture? And you walk to a door and you're going to open it and a woman like, you know, kind of dismisses your, your gesture and, and does it herself. Well, there, there are two parts to that question. And the first part, um, how does it make me feel when you mirror back those things to me? First, you show excitement. You know, when I do something, if I'm planning a trip or if I'm going to cook you dinner, you are excited and you show gratitude. And it makes me feel like a million bucks. As I say, you know, men really want to make women happy. They really want to please women. And when they get that mirrored back to them, that's great. So when a woman rebuffs that, you know, like if I were to cook dinner and say, oh, I don't know why you're wasting your time. We could have gone out, you know, and and now we've got dishes and all that. Um, A man just shrinks. (laughs) Yeah. And um, he doesn't want to reach out again because if you reach out enough times and it's rebuffed um, or if a man wants to pay for dinner and because it's, it's a gentlemanly thing to do and the woman says, no, 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 you know, I'm going to pay for this time or we're going to go Dutch. It throws a gift back in his face. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So let's talk about, baby, what some of the just classic feminine qualities are. Like, what are some of the 
classic feminine qualities that you and, and you some that you love about me. I well, love hearing what you love about well, me. Well, you're you're very you're very sensuous, uh -huh. uh, and um, you're in your body. Uh, you enjoy pleasure. You're responsive to pleasure. Um, you're playful. Um, you're emotional, you know, and, and sometimes emotional has a negative connotation, but in the best sense of the word, you're emotional. Can you, can you talk more about that for, and describe to the women what you mean? Well, that there's, I'm never guessing what you're feeling or how you're feeling, you know, it's there. And so it's, it's never like, where is she? You know, how do I find her? And that creates a separation. So I love your emotionality. And I never blame you for what I'm feeling. So it's very safe. I think I create a space for you where it's very safe for you to be with my emotions. Because even if I am having a bad day or I'm struggling with something, I'm not blaming or ever putting that on you. Yeah. And... Again, I've I've said this many times, but the secret to our relationship is that you don't take things personally. Mm -hmm. You know, so just in the, as an aside, if if I'm having a bad day or a grumpy moment, it's not like a diamond that gets you know, like a little crack, and over the next three days, it, it becomes this big chasm and you know <laughs> of, of coldness and not talking. I've I have experienced that. Don't don't ever read my journals. <laughs> it's all in. No, I'm kidding. I don't journal. <laughs> and I I think another way that you show your femininity is playfulness. Mm -hmm. You know, and that brings out my playfulness. And well, I, then I laugh at your jokes. That's true. <laughs> I <laughs> I, la I mean, I just think not the not many people would. <laughs> there are a lot of dad jokes in there. <laughs> <laughs> no. <there aren't. laughs> No, he, he's incredibly brilliantly funny. So and witty, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, when I think of femininity, I think of a woman being comfortable in her body, and when a when a woman is in um, the latest Louis Vuitton bag or plastic surgery or whatever it may be, they're not really in their body. They're chasing something outside of themselves. And men are attractive to women who get their pleasure from, from inside their body. I remember our first date when I, I got lost and I'm, I'm never late. And, you know, I mean, it's rare, probably in the history of our almost two decades together, it would be hard to remember any time I was ever late, <laughs> uh, except our first date. And when I finally got reception, cell reception, and 20 years ago, it wasn't great. And the call kept dropping. And I said, is there a woman who's been sitting there alone for the last 20, 25 minutes? And, and uh, they put me on with you. And, and I, I apologized. And I said, I've gotten lost. I was heading into downtown Los Angeles twice. And you said, oh, you know, I'm just here in, enjoying myself. And that was the most sensuous, feminine. <laughs> it wasn't blaming like, you know, hey, I thought you weren't going to show up or this or that. I'm just, you turned it internally to pleasure. I'm, I'm here. In, I'm just sitting, enjoying myself. And I could feel the pleasure mm -hmm. and the non-blaming and the non-shaming because shame is the worst thing a man could feel. And also a woman who could be okay. Like in a moment where everything wasn't going right, she, she could be okay with it. You know, she was in her body. She was just going with the flow of life. Yeah. yeah there's something really beautiful. It's a good answer, ladies. <laughs> you borrow that one from me anytime. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So knowing that equality of femininity is safety mm. also that a man could feel safe with the woman of just being a man, sometimes overreaching, making mistakes and not being blamed or shamed or made foolish. And being made to feel that he's enough. That yeah. you know, we always worry, am I good enough? But making that man feel like he's good enough 
right? I remember um, on our fifth date when we were at Whist and I fell in love with you and I looked around and I thought, this man, this life, if it never gets any better moment right now, this would be enough. And that's, I think, creates that feeling of safety and security too, that you feel in the relationship. Yeah, because you are enough. You, you are more than enough. <laughs> Way more, baby. It means that, and I've been in relationships where I, I've had to go outside of my center, outside of my natural frequency to try to be someone for someone that I felt I needed to be to be attracted to that person and to be able to settle into my natural frequency and to be with a woman who's in her natural frequency. And those frequencies are different, mm -hmm. yeah? but it's being in our natural frequency that's attractive. Yeah. And, and, you know, not feeling like we have to prove anything to each other. I think so many people are in relationships where the, you know, a lot of the, romantic passion and tension comes from being constantly dissatisfied and searching for something that's missing and all the anxiety that that creates, all that drama. And so they create a lot of the passion out of that, constantly having to prove themselves, fighting, arguing, emotion, and then coming together, you know, having makeup sex or... but. Yeah, I mean, we just have this beautiful, safe space. So some of those qualities, and I do want to talk, you know, a little bit more. I'm just going to give, read a little bit of a list if I can, babe. You know, so women can understand play, fun, you know, feeling passion. These are feminine characteristics. Sensuality, Benjamin's been talking about being nurturing, emotionally nurturing. Women are sensitive. You know, we feel the emotional ripples. We are in tune to the emotional well-being, the relationship in a way that a man may not be. He's attuned to other aspects of the relationship, but we take the emotional temperature. Women are uh, sweet we're sweet. There's a sweetness about a woman. You know, we don't necessarily look for sweetness in a man, right? There is a warmth in a woman, a warmth and a empathy. You know, women are empathetic and compassionate. Those are qualities that I think men come to us for. Men are not empathetic or compassionate. It may be show up differently, but they come to us for that. Yeah. They may be all of those things, but they don't lead with those things. Right. Yeah. 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 But you also come to us. You don't go to a man for empathy and compassion. You come to a woman for that. Right. Men come to women because even friends, even with men they've known for years um, and feel close to, they, they can't get these qualities from another man. Right. It has to come from a woman. It has to, yeah. because those are not qualities that are encouraged. Men are not encouraged to show those qualities, even if you do have them, right? But you can experience them with a woman, but not with a, usually not with another man. Affection, tenderness, kindness, again, compassion and understanding. Those are all qualities that are associated. Those are the qualities that men come to women for. And then there are, let's look at the masculine qualities, mm -hmm. right? The qualities that are typically that women go to men for. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily go to another woman. We may admire a woman's strength, but we don't go to other women for their strength. We're not drawn to our female friends because of their strength. We admire that, right? But we go to men seeking their strength, right? Their sense of direction and purpose. 
men we go to for their logic and their reason. We are all over the place. Women don't think linearly, right? We process, we process, we overthink. And so we will go to a man for his logic and reason. Men are all about action, survival. They're analytical, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And protective. Mm -hmm. Protective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't go to my female friends seeking protection. I mean, I want my girls to have my back. Don't get me wrong, you know, and if somebody is coming at us, but I go to a man to feel cherished and adored. I don't go to my girlfriends. I go to a man. I need the masculine qualities to make me feel those the, those qualities in me. And a man goes to a woman to have his masculinity married back to him. He doesn't go to another man for that. <laughs> and I, I, and I feel that, that in a relationship, and it's a tremendous generalization, that a woman needs two things and a man needs one thing for a successful relationship. A woman needs to feel cherished beyond her wildest dreams and protected and feel protected physically, psychically, financially, all of those things. And a man needs his masculinity married back to him. And if that is the basis of relationship, everything else is gravy. Yeah. 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 Interesting. You know, it's so fun to talk about these things with you because I love where our conversations go. I mean, I really, we, we learn things on these calls as we're talking about them and exploring these topics in a deeper way. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't go to my girlfriends to get my femininity mirrored back to me, just like you wouldn't go to a guy, you know, for the guy to go, dude, you got it going on. You're, you're, you're such a man, you know, just get, get with it, dude. Like you're so, look at how, wow, what great muscles. Have you been working out lately? <laughs> like you're not going to other men for, to get that stuff. And if you did, and another man felt like you were trying to get him to give you that kind of a, you know, pep talk, that guy would see you as weaker. Like he wouldn't look up to you and go, God, he's such a man because he's being vulnerable with me. Most men would be like, huh? <laughs> and I don't think, you know, as women, I don't go to a woman and like sit there and wait for her to tell me how pretty I am, you know, and how beautiful I look in that outfit. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't even, for me personally, I wouldn't go to my female friends for that, right? It's it's so funny. It's really funny. There are things that we just can't get, feelings, you know, validation, mirroring, that we cannot get from a friend of, of the same sex, even from a friend, a male friend almost, right? It's just something that is part of a romantic relationship. Well, I want to talk about, babe, about why women reject being feminine. I think many women have learned to be masculine in a masculine world, in mm -hmm. a corporate world. And it's hard to turn that off at six o'clock when she has dinner with the guy to turn that off immediately. Some women have been wounded mm -hmm. and, and they're very protective and, you know, have that as kind of um, walls around her heart. And so a man can't navigate to her femininity she can't navigate to her femininity yeah. yeah um and then the other thing is we saw our mother you know one of the big things i think is that there was a time where being a woman meant domestic submission and servitude that's what we saw with a lot of our mothers and grandmothers and that we were supposed to sort of cater to men right? We were supposed to be subservient and cater to men. A man would come home from work. He was out in the world and we'd have to run the household. We'd have to take care of the kids and we'd have to cook dinner and do all of these like domestic tasks, whether we wanted to or not. That's just what was our role. And 
a lot of women didn't want to be in that role. They, they were intelligent. Look at your mother. She wanted to be a mother more than anything. And I think your mom adored her, her sons. But she, you know, and she did work, but she was a librarian, you know, where she could have been a powerhouse lawyer, right? Or my grandmother, my God, what my grandmother could have done, you know, in this day and age or my mother, right? So yeah, we were taught that we had to be subservient. And I think what happened was a lot of women, finally with women's lib, we were liberated, but unfortunately we, we kind of threw out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. In, in many cases, it swung to one end of the spectrum. Yeah. Instead of really being in that natural frequency where we can, a woman or a man could experience softness or directiveness, or they could experience strength and emotionality. So it's that fluidity that's important and not having the role to play, but doing it naturally from the inside out. Yeah, there's, yes. Something that I was just thinking of as I was talking, and I really want to put this out there, um, just as a sort of a word of caution, something that I see is happening, and this is really important. I see a lot of women who just focus on their careers and they're, you know, it's almost like they're between two worlds. They have these ideas that love is just something that's going to happen to them and they'll be working on themselves or going to therapy or doing their interpersonal work. But in reality, what they're doing is they're focusing on work and developing these very masculine tendencies. And they're just waiting for that right guy to come into their lives. And I say this to women who, when you were very young, got a lot of male attention just naturally, right? You're Maybe you're a very exceptionally beautiful or attractive woman, or you have um, a terrific sense of humor that draws men in. Whatever your magic superpower is, be careful because you can mistake having easy, you know, an easy access to men if you don't stop and actually learn how to have a great relationship with a man, you can be lulled into a false sense of security. And as you become more and more masculine, it doesn't matter how beautiful or attractive you are because all of that will eventually get buried under this masculine energy. And as you get into your 30s, your late 30s, your 40s, your 50s, you're going to look back like many of my clients do and say, what happened, right? What happened? How did I not find my guy? You know, and you will be one of millions of gorgeous women out there who never stopped, took this all for granted, just assumed the right man would come along. And as you became more and more masculine and the years went by, you somehow missed the boat on this. So, you know, be careful, be careful, because just because you have male attention, that can and will go away eventually, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we see that a lot in the course. I, th I think the key is that it's important for women to attract, to be attractive, and have their actions attractive to a man. And for a man, where it's important for a woman to attract, it's important for a man to pursue. And so it's that playfulness, and mm -hmm. we have that in our relationship, even after nineteen you know, with nineteen years. Um, there's that that playfulness of you attracting and me pursuing. And it's that polarity that that uh, really keeps the spark alive. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about the ways for women to create polarity in a relationship. So let's just start to give them very real, concrete 
things, right? So I'll mention one and then how about if you talk about it, okay? So start allowing men to take the lead. Well, that allows a man to feel like a man and and also to be able to do things that makes a woman uh, happy. So if a woman takes the lead, a man feels he's becoming subservient or not important. A man wants to feel important. He wants to feel important. And whether you know he may not be getting it at work, he may not be getting it in other aspects of his life, but he needs to get it in his primary relationship. He has to feel important. And he has to feel like he's taking the masculine lead. Yeah. And so what women need to do is let go of the belief that men won't step up, right? We've become so capable in our masculine endeavors and we are so good. We know what we want. We know how we want it done. And then suddenly we're supposed to expect, you know, sit back and let a man do these things for us. And that ain't easy because we're used to just getting stuff done and we like it the way we like it, right? <laughs> I've seen a, a, a generation of unhappy marriages. Uh, in my parents' generation, often the woman would be head of the family, you know, the strength of the family. And the man would be working, he'd be coming home, taking care of things, but the woman would be the strength. And those marriages were not happy marriages. Yeah. And I think in some ways she she would just take, take over the house. And when the man came into the house, she was Lord and Master there, not him, right. for a lot of couples. Mm -hmm. And that was emasculating for men like your father. And I think my mother, you know, just my dad turned to alcohol and drinking to suppress some of those feelings. Because I know my father said to me, that my mother and grandmother were so cl close and my grandmother was so much a part of the marriage. She was always there. And so I, for my dad, every day, night, he, you know, after working, he came home to the two of them, not one. And I think that was emasculating for him. Absolutely. And my father the same way, because my grandmother, my mom's mom had lived with us. Oh. So it's walking into not a feminine environment, but an emasculating environment. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. So another one is to start to see the good in men and draw that out in them. And I do that a lot for you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, you encourage our my wedding vows to you with each other over all these years is what I call guardians of each other's souls. And that's what your program is really about finding, finding the guardian of your soul. And so you're bringing out the best in me by protecting and guiding my soul and nurturing it. And, you know, it, it's irrational to think that two people are always going to grow together at the same time, the same way. But if two people are guardians of each other's souls, if they nurture each other, the path of the, and journey of each other's soul, then they grow closer and closer and closer that way. And he says we won't grow at the same, just to clarify, because I'm still trying to, <laughs> to catch up to this guy. He has been so patient and loving with me. But Benjamin has always also seen the good in me and the potential. And he knew how to nurture me. And, you know, I got a lot of negative encouragement as a child, a lot of criticism that was meant to toughen me up or, you know, but things were said critically. And with Benjamin in this relationship, he has been so patient and kind and accepting of me. And, you know, I, I can be slow. No, I don't know. We, I don't pick up, up on things quickly and it's taken me a long time. But when I see through your love, what you've done for me, honey, you know, and, and the patience that you've had with me and you've just helped my own soul find its way and not expect me to do it your way. I look at the man that Benjamin aspires to 
you know, I know his values and I know what's meaningful to him. And I know how he wants to be seen. I see the ways that he wants to be in the world. And then I mirror those things back to him. You know, the qualities, the values that I know he takes pride in. Thank you. And it's important for a man to be able to say, this is what I believe in. These are my core values. And the stronger they are, the more masculine a man is. And the core value could be kindness. The core value could be nurturing. But having the strength of those core values, the core values could be um, uh, uh, power. You know, it Mm -hmm. could be whatever it is, but success, you know, creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, But saying, this is where I stand in the world. These are my values. And to live up to those values every day, that's incredibly masculine. Well, and then to have a woman who can knows exactly what your values are and praises you every time she sees you being that way. I mean, I know what you value in this world. I know the kind of man that you are and you are always striving to be. And, you know, honest, truthful, kind, giving, you know, selfless, a man of service, you know. And so when I see you doing those particular things, I I notice them and I mirror that back to you because I know I, I want you to feel seen and I want you to know that I see you, you know. So that's a very powerful thing. And I encourage every woman listening to really put a frame around what I just said, because I do this consciously, I do this intentionally, and I know the impact that it has on you. Yeah, it's a foundation of our relationship, this this acknowledging and praising and witnessing and seeing that we do for each other. We're not just mirrors for each other, but we're magnifying mirrors for each other. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that, especially seeing as I need magnifying mirrors these days. A lot of them magnifying glasses, magnifying mirrors. Um, Another wonderful way that all of you can start to be more feminine and bring out these amazing qualities in the guy, um, in the guy, (laughs) a guy, (laughs) is to start having faith and trust in men. So this is a big one because if a man feels that you don't trust him, it's going to undermine everything, everything. And look, we've all been hurt. We've all had terrible experiences with men who we allowed to disrespect us or who who hurt us or lied to us. We've all been there. We've had fathers who disappointed us or brothers. We've been disappointed and hurt in the men around us. But number one, so have men. They've been hurt and disappointed by the men around them. They've had horrible examples of what it means to be a man. There's there's terrible examples in the world of men who are, abuse their gifts and their power. But they've also been disappointed by women. They've, you know, there are sweet men, good men who have done kind and loving things for women or for their own mothers, you know, or sisters who hurt them and broke their hearts. This goes both ways. Human beings hurt each other. We disappoint each other. You know, it's part of the human condition, but there are good men out there. There are kind men. There are generous men. There are amazing men. And you will never find one unless you believe in men, that there are good men. You will never be able to recognize one until you start to believe uh, they're out there. Believe is, you know, believe it or seeing is believing. It starts with the belief that they exist. What is it like? Believing is seeing. Believing is seeing. Yeah. Um, 
What is it like for you, babe, when you look out into the world and you see all the mistrust that women have for men, but you're the best example of what it means to be a man? That must hurt your heart. Well, first you bring out what's best in me. You spoke about trust. Um, for an example, I'm working on refinancing the house to get a lower interest rate. And you never come to me and say, are you sure you have the right bank? Are you, did you do research? Did you, you know, are you, you know, did you tell them this? And, and, and um, what you tell me is, I so appreciate you doing this. And, you know, it's going to make our lives easy. You know, when I'm driving, you never say, don't forget you need to turn you know, to the right you know, in a block or all that. And it means that allowing a man to make a mistake, you know, and allowing that and knowing that he'll find his way. But if a woman to a man or a man to a woman keeps second guessing and it's perceived as mistrust. Can you say that again louder? Yeah. <laughs> if a man, I don't even remember it. If a man second guesses a woman, you know, repeatedly. And second guesses a man. man. Yeah. Yeah. Then, um, I forgot the words I used. Well, you said if a woman second guesses a man, it, you know, it, it's emasculating. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if she doesn't trust him and is horrible, I mean, you throw up your hands, like then do it yourself. And let the man make a mistake. Mm -hmm. There were a better interest rate or something like that. Well, there is, you know, there may be, or maybe not, but she's looking to me like I'm going to screw up. Then it's emasculating and... We lose the polarity. I think the opposite of polarity is neutrality, where people just give up being masculine, they give up being feminine, and they just become neutral. That is a death knell to a relationship. And so really allowing a man to be a man, and conversely, for a man to allow a woman to let her do all the things that she feels mm -hmm. that brings out her femininity. Well, then you do that. So, you know, you do that so much for me. You bring out my femininity. You tell me all the time. I don't, I almost can't think of a time I walk out and you don't say that I look beautiful or how proud you are. We'll go to dinner tell me how proud you are to be have been there with me that evening you tell me how you love me all the time but also acknowledge things about our relationship and who I'm being how I show up you know that make me feel so good you know one time you you said to me that you thought we had the relationship most people are looking for and that was such a validation to me that I'm a good partner. You know, to hear a man say something like that was so validating. Benjamin is constantly mirroring back to me my femininity and how important that is and how that always keeps, you know, this relationship fun and sexy and alive. We both feel so safe and so validated in our masculine and feminine roles or, or whatever, I, for one of a better uh, term, but we both see, feel so safe in this that we're just completely able to be ourselves. But we, you know, everybody has the misconception that if things are so good in a relationship, that it's going to be boring. Mm -hmm. And not at all. It's actually the complete opposite of boring. It's like two people can just show up fully and without any walls, not walking on eggshells. And we have so much fun. Like 99.9% .9 of the time, it's just fun and playful and passionate and compassionate. And if there is a moment where there's something we, we need to talk about, if there's a little bit of a mess, we clean that sucker up so fast <laughs> so we can get back to the good stuff. Yeah. You know, the, there were a couple more things. You know, we always talk about how we want to find a real man, you know, but a real man is looking for a real woman. And that means a man like Benjamin, who's done years of work on himself and is 
truly evolved, you know. He's looking for a woman who's also done her work and is, you know, comfortable in her feminine. And he doesn't want to have to pull that out of her or break down her walls. He also wants women who's done her work. So one of the things I do in my 12-week Emotionally Naked Dating program is that we really ask the question, what does it look like for me to be a real woman? Who am I as a woman? What does that mean? How do I interact with men? Who do I, you know, if a man were going to walk away from a date with me, and talk to his best friend about me, what would I want him to say, right? Gosh, she was so in her body. She was kind. She listened. I couldn't take my eyes off of her. I've never had a woman listen to me the way she listened to me or ask, you know, the kinds of questions. He wouldn't tell his friend, wow, she was so in her head or or she was so distracted with her, her smartphone or, you know, uh, there are other things going on, or, you know, she just sat there stiffly. Or she's know. so successful. Like all she did was tell me how successful she was. Exactly. So a guy isn't going to tell his good friends that uh, about the date. Yeah. He's going to talk about how present she was and how, in, you know, how sensual and how she leaned in when I, when I talked about something important to me or how I just felt like I could tell her anything, right? So ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching, please give us a thumbs up or a heart if you enjoyed this. I apologize for the internet issues, but that's life here in Santa Fe. Um, Please come back and join us again. Send us your topics, topics that you would like to hear us discuss. Please, you know, send an email. Don't be shy. Write to Lisa at lisashield.com and I will put you on our roster. (laughs) We'll do a whole talk on your topic. So please Tell your male friends about this. I think they'll learn just as much as you do. And um, what else do I want to say? I have three Facebook Lives that I do every week. I have Lunch with Lisa on Mondays at noon Mountain Time. I have Live with Lisa. It's a Q&A on Tuesdays from 5 p.m. Mountain Time uh, to 6 p.m. And then we do this one, which is called Getting Inside the Right Male Mind with My Husband and Me. We do this. We start every Sunday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. And what else? We'll be in Sicily. We will be in Sicily for my 60th birthday. Can you, I I don't know about you. I can't believe that. So um, yeah, I'll be turning 60. I'm entering into the third act my third act. And I'm really excited to be spending it with this guy here. All right, everybody. This is Getting Inside the Right Male Mind with Lisa and Benjamin Shield. We send you so much love. Get out there. Date. Don't miss out on the most beautiful part of life. Having your best friend to wake up every morning next to you, to fall asleep at night with, to laugh and play and go on wild adventures with and yeah, create dreams with. Don't cheat yourself out of this absolutely most extraordinary part of life. Get out there and date and find the guardian of your soul. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.